So the Mishnah yesterday on that 14b, right? That Yudalad Amid Beis, the Mishnah had taught. There was once a terrible, terribly sad story with a young woman, a young child actually, Chinookas, right? Not even a Naira, under the age of 12. And she goes down to fill up water from a spring and someone rapes her. Unfortunately, Leoleinu, as we say. Amr said, if most of the people from that city are able to marry a Kohen, then we can assume that this woman was indeed raped by a man we won't call him kosher because he's not a kosher man if he's raping a woman, but we will call him kosher vis-a-vis the not invalidating this woman to kahuna. So, and then we went through um, we went through a little bit of the story. Right, okay, good. So, we're going to start from the third line. Uh, you know, we're starting out from the Gemara. I, I apologize. Starting out from the Gemara on Yadal and Mabes. Who said that if most of the people in the city are kosher for kahuna, then we say that this girl is kosher. Who is that like? If you follow the opinion of Rabbi Gamliel, even if most people here are puzzled, even if most people here are not kosher at all, Rabbi Gamliel would say, we still trust her if she says that this is what happened. If it's Rabbi Yeshua, the assumption is that she's still puzzled even if most people in the city are kosher for kahuna. Amar lehachi, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav. Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav says, we're talking about a very specific story. This was at the time period of when the marketplace in Tzipayri was. And at that time, many people were coming to the town from different places. And Ukid Rav Ami, and it's also like Rav Ami. And it's a scenario where there was a caravan of people coming to town who were kosher. In other words, once again, they're not really so kosher because we do not believe that a man who rapes a woman is kosher. But what we mean to say is kosher vis-a-vis one thing and one thing only in terms of rendering her invalid to marry a kaihen in the future. If they're novellas bekrainis, then the during this time period, then they are kosher for kahuna. Bekrainis sakadaitach. Does that mean specifically during that time period? El novellas b'shas krainis, not actually in the krainis in the marketplace, but rather during the time of the krainis, they are kosher for kahuna. Avapirish echad mitzipayri ubal. But if there were to be a regular member of citizenry of tzipayri, right, and he comes and he rapes her. Avlad shtuki. Then the child will be a shtuki, which means it is a suffix mamzer. We're not sure what its status is. And other people say, We go after the majority of the city. And we do not go after the majority of the people who are traveling in at that point. Right? Kapelaya means, is this true? Right? You know, raise your hand up to heaven and say, Can this possibly be? The people who are coming from the caravan, they are what we call naidi. They are portable people. In other words, these are people coming from a different area. And the people who are in that city, they are what we call kaimi. kaimi. They are set in their space. And the problem is like this. We know that whenever you want to go after a roi, whenever you want to go after a majority, it has to be a majority. The, the person who is coming has to be someone who came out from a majority, but he's not sitting together with the majority. Okay. So the people who are in the city, if they're the majority, that doesn't help us so much because they're considered to be kivikaimi. They're set in place. So rather we go after the majority of the people in the city. And it happens to be that there is a majority of people who are travelers in this city right now. 
but we do not go after the majority of the city at a time when their population is not swelled or swollen by dint of the fact that there are people coming to this special um, marketplace. We don't go after the majority of people if the majority of people at a at a caravan in a regular time period. My time. Well, what's the reason? There's There's an enactment, a decree made that we do not say. We say the rave of the majority. The majority of people are coming from in this area are from the travelers. We don't allow that because otherwise you might come to think that majority of the city. and the majority of the city we don't allow. called the parish if the person who came from the city traveled out to where this well was and then slept with her, then he's a, a parish miruba. He's somebody who has left from the majority. <coughs> and we say, go after the majority in that case, right? So if someone leaves from the majority, then we say his status is after the majority. You have to say that she came to his area. And therefore it's considered to be kvua. It's considered to be that he's set in place. And Abzerah taught that anytime you have a kavua, it's like okay? So like this. What does this mean exactly? What this means is when you have 10 store, stores and 10 of these stores also, and nine of those stores sell kosher meat, one store sells not kosher meat, and you walk right in front of those stores, we don't say you could go after the rife, right? Because then you went to where they were set. And the Allah is you can only go after the rife once you leave where they were set. Yeah, maybe open the door. Thanks. So if you're if you're coming to a place where the where the where it's considered to be kavua, it's considered to be set, then we don't go after the the we don't go after the the right. But if you're coming to a place where it's not kavua, where it's not set, then you say you go after the right. Um, do you indeed require two different cases of right? Oh, here we go. This case right here. Little did I know that that's today's daf. So you have uh, 10, 10, what's the you have 10, um, 10 stores. Nine of them are only sold kosher meat. One of them sells not kosher meat. He walked into one of these stores and he doesn't realize that one of these stores is not kosher meat. He walks out and he has a piece of meat in his hand. He doesn't, doesn't have any hachshar on it, right? Before the days of a hachshar. My, what's the halacha? Zemehen lakach sveikai aser. In this case, we say, that we don't know which one he bought from. We don't know which one he bought, and the sveke therefore is asr. But if he found a piece of meat in front of those stores, right, and then it's not considered to be kvua, it's considered to be parash mi raiv, something that is left from the raiv, then halach raiv, you go after the raiv, you go after the majority, and it will be kosher. Maybe we're talking about a case where the doors to the country are not closed. Maybe the raiv is now considered to be the people who are coming from outside of the town. Even if the doors of the countryside are closed, we have a stringency that we established by Yuxin when it comes to lineages that we have a stringency. Gwar now says, let's analyze this further. So once again, as we see, that is all about some very, very cloistic, very, very fundamentals of Shas, the fundamentals, the foundational rules of Throughout Shas are discussed in Ksubas. And here we go to discuss what it means to have a majority. Whether it's going to cause us to have a stringency, whether it's going to cause us to have a leniency, we go after the majority once it is leaving from the majority. How does Rebzeira know this? That you go after the majority once it's parished, whether the Khumra or the Kula. 
Kulan Mikris Basar, Shuta, all of them are selling Koshami, Machas Basun available, one of them is selling Nakoshami. Lakak Machas man, and he purchased from one of them. Vene Idea me is Mahan Lakak, he doesn't know from which one he purchased. Speke Asser, in that case, if it's a suffix, if it's a doubtful scenario, then it's forbidden. That if you find it outside of the place, then you go after the right, you go after the majority. Over there, it's the Chumra. Over there, it's for a stringency. That's a case of a stringency. It's not a case of a leniency. So it must be from a case of nine Sfardim, nine frogs, and one Sharetz So a dead Sharetz is going to impart ritual impurity. A dead frog will not. You don't know which one you touched. Out of doubt, you have to be stringent. Well, that's also only a case of chumrah. It's not a case of leniency. There are nine shratzim that are dead. And if you touched any one of those nine shratzim, you'd be tummy. If you touched the tzvardeya, the frog, you would be tahar. And you touched one thing. You don't know which one. You don't know which one you touched. If this incident takes place in the private domain, then out of doubt, the rule is that it's tummy. The halacha is that in general, and something that we passed earlier in Shas, and we're going to keep on passing, it's a famous halacha, comes up in, in the laws of Tum and Tahara. Anytime you have a suffix, you have a doubt regarding a situation, and regarding Tum or Tahara, and it happens in the private domain, you are machmir, you are stringent. You have a doubt regarding the suffix of Tum or Tahara, it happens in the private domain, you are mako. I'm sorry, opposite. You are lenient in the public domain, Stringent in the private domain. How do you know this? is You can be made up by a rave. The arrive loy, It says that we're talking about a case where someone is coming to kill. It has to be that until he had in mind to kill this person. Excluding someone who throws a rock outside. If it's a case where you throw a rock with intent to kill and there were nine non-Jews and one Jew, typically the Ruba Kananim knew. Well, I'll say that most of them are really non-Jewish. Inami Pago Pago. Maybe it's a half and half. Suffolk Nefashis Lahakal, you should be lenient. Like Tsuicha de Katishi Israelim. Kanani Yechemenem. There were nine Jews, one non-Jew. Tahavile Kanani Kvua. The non-Jew is considered to be Kvua because he's he's set in their space. Anytime you have a Kvua, you consider it like it's Machza Machza Dami. And still you could be lenient. Itmar. The question is, do we pass from like Rav in general? Or only in the earlier case of the girl? Yermia asks a question. Is that true that when all you have is just the rave of the ear, but not rave of the ear, rave of the city, as well as most of the travelers who are here for the special um, festival, is that all you need? You don't need two raves? You find a child, foundling, right? You find a child in a, in a little a crib and nobody knows what the status is of this child. If most of these people are, and most of these people are non-Jews, you assume the child is non-Jew. Then the, most of the people are Jewish, majority Jewish, then you assume the child is Jewish. If it's 50-50, then you say it to Yisrael. It's only true when it comes to causing the child to live. In other words, you're going to support the child and you're going to be Machal Shabbos to support the child. When it comes to Yilchsen questions of can this child marry a regular Jew without converting, that we would say no. 
And Shmuel said that this is talking about a case of lefakecha lavas agal, right? That it means to um to lift up the stones on Shabbos. He forgot that's that which of Yehuda said him of Rav. The Kreina shot Tzipuri have a Maisa. Kreina shot Tzipuri. There was this incident. So the Rechanan Barava the Amar Hirasha. He's according to Rechanan Barava who says that it was only Hirasha. Kasha, right? What, what's the Raya from there? That's only Hirasha specific to that circumstance. It's not real, not related to this other question of are you going to lift up the stones when there's a when there's a child? You're not sure what its status is. The one who taught this Mishnah does not teach this other halacha about, about um, lifting up the stones. Grufa. If you find the child cast away. If most people here are non-Jewish, then you assume the child is not Jewish. If most people here are Jewish, you assume the child is Jewish. If it's half and half, say the child is, an, is a Jew. That's only true when it comes to supporting them so that they live. But when it comes to trying to determine its parentage, like we don't pass them like that. Shmuel says, the question is, are we lifting up the stones on top of it? You don't go, when it comes to Pekach Nefesh, you don't go after the majority. Right? So why would you go after the majority to be Machmer? In other words, when it comes to Pekach Nefesh, to saving a life, even if there's only one chance in a hundred, you still could do it. So rather, when did Shmuel say that um, that you don't do it? He's talking about the If Most of the people are, are in their town are not Jewish. You assume that the child is not Jewish. They want to be Mechal Shabbos to save its life. Shmuel said, actually, when it comes to Mechal Shabbos to save its life, indeed, you would do so. So what does it mean then? If it says is do you assume if most people in the city are not Jewish, then the child is not Jewish. What, what's the relevance for it to us? So what's it relevant to? In regards to allowing this child to eat McDonald's. If most people in this town are Jewish, assume the child is Jewish. So what does that mean? What's it relevant to? To return it's still a lost object to it. Allah is you're only obligated to return a lost object to a Jew. You're not obligated to return a lost object to a non-Jew. The Ramah famously says, you make a tremendous Kiddush Hashem, and of course you should still do so if you'll make a Kiddush Hashem. But in terms of the obligation, that you're not obligated to do. Go ahead. We get in a bracha. So when my, my yeshiva went skiing, when you and Hashem found a phone, and we found it, we gave it back to the robbers. In the middle of the slope, we found a phone. Was it an expensive phone? That was a very nice one. Oh, you're an idiot. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because Hashem. Um, Amara Papa, the Hatsalai Abeda, right? So that's what Nafkamina is for, for returning the Abeda, the lost object. Merza, Merza, Yisrael, Lamai Hilcha. So when we say that if it's half, half Jewish, what is the relevance of that? What's it going to be re- relevant for us? Amrish Lakish, the Nazikin. It's relevant for Nazikin for, for, um, for damages. Hechi Dami, what's the case? Inema, the Nikraha Tura, the Dan, the Tura, the Day. If you say that his Jew, Damaged your, I'm sorry, not his Jew. His cow damaged your ox, right? I see, right? So you should say, as well, bring a proof that you're a Jew and then I'll pay you. Rather, his ox damages our ox. Right? Like this. I'm going to give you one half because maybe you're, maybe, maybe indeed you're Jewish and I'm going to give you one half. But the other half, 
maybe you're not Jewish. So for that, you're going to have to prove, and then I will pay you the rest. We finished the first chapter of Ksubis. On to the second chapter of Ksubis, as we march on through Shas. A woman who is divorced or widowed. I got married as Basula. And he says, no, no, no. I, I married when you when you were already a widow. If there are witnesses saying that she went out with this Hinuma, a special, um, special like uh, ceremony, like uh, ceremonial apparatuses, the Gemara is going to explain what we're referring to here. And her, her hair was uncovered. Then, you're allowed to rely on that to say that she's allowed to collect 200 Zos. Even if they're just throwing, uh, you know, um, packs of almonds or um, other types of uh, rice and wheat, then raya. That's already a proof that she was indeed a basula when she got married, because people only do this for a basula and not for an almana. And everyone agrees that if somebody says to his fellow, "This field is a field of your father's, and I purchased it from him." He is believed to say this. Why is he believed to say this when he claims that this field belonged to his father, but he purchased it? Very famous halacha. Continuing on in our very, very eucidistic, very, very foundational ideas of shas. And this is called the famous idea. When someone walks into court, and based on their testimony, they've given some level of incriminating evidence, but then they also explain why it's not actually incriminating. Since without their testimony, there would be no case at all, we give them more validity to their testimony. But if there are witnesses that this field indeed belonged to his father previously, and he says, oh, but I purchased it from your father. Well, now you're not the one who established the chazaka, the, the presumption that this field already belonged to his father, right? The, the witnesses established that. So now you're making the claim, I know the field belonged to your father, but I purchased it from him. You're not believed. Anytime there's a chazaka that a field belongs to someone else, you're going to need to bring a star. If there's no chazaka, because you're the one who established that the field ever belonged to his father, then you don't need to bring a, a document as long as you're the one who established it. We believe you when you say that you purchased it afterwards. So the reason why he is not believed is because there are witnesses. I'm sorry, the other first case in the Mishnah. The reason why the wife is, the woman is believed when she says she's a was a basula when they got married is because there are witnesses that when she left, she left the house with the sort of the entourage and the different um, different circumstances that Basulos leave the house with. But if there were no witnesses, then the husband would be believed. Seemingly, this comes to teach us, Stama, that the regular case without any modifier is not like Rebbe Gamliel. Why? Because Rebbe Gamliel, who we learned way back when, five lot ago, Gamliel says she is believed in general, even without witnesses. Even Rabbi Gamliel, who said earlier that she is believed without any witnesses on her side, the reason why she is believed is because it's a bari against the Shema. It is a vade. She is claiming she is certain as to what the status is, and he is claiming that maybe. Over here, he is claiming, I know for sure she was in Amana when we got married, and she's saying, I know for sure I was not. So it's a bari against the bari. Over here, even Rabbi Gamliel would agree that bari against bari, they're not believed. So that's why we required witnesses. There's some sort of testifying that she left the house under circumstances that would seem to indicate that she was still a basura. 
What was the Havamina not to say this? This is very clear that this is a bari against the bari, a, a certain a certain position against a certain position. Even the Rev Nashim, so you might have thought to say, since the majority of women, when they get married, they are still Basulis. It actually reaches the status of even though the husband's making a claim she was previously married, since the majority of marriages are first marriages and she's not yet a Baula, so you're allowed to assume that she's not a Basula. And this indeed makes sense. In fact, it says, and Rabishua agrees. If Rabishua would not have said this, then who is Rabishua going to agree to over here? So Gemara thinks that it is likely that indeed the circumstance that we wanted to establish wouldn't make sense. We end up saying not like that, but it's not a crazy thought. How do you know that Rabishua is talking about this specific case? Maybe she was talking about the case of Amigu, where the woman has more of a, a nemanis, more of a credibility, because she has the ability to say, listen, if I wanted to lie, I could have lied an easier lie, a more credible lie. A parakin kamakai is going on the first parak, not the second parak. Hi, what's the case? If it's on the case of where the woman is pregnant, and they say to her, what is the status of this child, this, uh, this fetus? And she claims it is from a man who, this specific person, and he is a Kayan. She is believed to say, don't live by her word. What sort of of Migu is there? What was the other thing that she could have claimed? We found this woman, she's pregnant. What is she going to make a claim that would have been a better claim that now when she makes this other claim, we should believe her because she could have made a better claim, a stronger claim. What is that? Her her um her her stomach is between her teeth, so to speak. In other words, her, her namanis, it, it, there's no no possibility of us believing her. The case is rather like this. They say you're speaking to one person. They say to her, What is the nature of this person you're speaking to? She responds, it is a specific individual and he is a kain. She is believed. We don't listen to her word. Over there, what Miku is there? This all works going to Ziri. And the fact that Miku is that, well, she she actually was together, not intimate with him, but she was secluded with him. She could have said, I never had relations with him. But she says, I had relations with him, but trust me that he was this kind of guy. Then she's believed because she could have made an easier claim that would have been less embarrassing. She didn't make that claim. We then trust her on this other claim when she claims that it was a man to whom she was permitted to actually be, be having relations with. According to Ravasi, who says that the, the actual act of speaking is a euphemism. And really what happened over here is she actually had relations with this other man. They started having relations with this man. How would she be believed when she tries to make the argument, well, I have a migu. What's her migu? What could she possibly have said? So rather, it must be in a different case that we're talking about. That Rabbi Yeshua would say that maybe she should be believed because of the migu. She makes the claim that the reason why she is not a, a virgin is because of a, a physical act that occurred to her, but not an intercourse act. And he says, no, 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 don't, don't, don't make up these stories. You actually, we were with another man. She is believed. Yeshua says she is not believed. What was the migu over there? That would give her substantiate her story because she could have had a, a more valid or easier claim. Islam 
right? Like this. According to Rabbi Lezer, the reason why she's believed is Rabbi Lezer happens to hold that a woman who makes the claim that she's a mukas eight, right? So what happens is she only gets a, a, um, a, a 200 when she says she's a mukas eight. When she says that she was Nivellas Tachta, that someone raped her when she was together with this man, then she actually gets only 100. So she makes the claim that it was after, after they got married, 100 wasn't her fault. He makes the claim that it was beforehand and therefore Mekartais. So she made a claim that would only get her 100. She could have made an easier claim that would get her the full 200, and she didn't do so. So therefore, she has a higher level of credibility. This Lama And she said instead that it happened originally, and therefore she only gets a mana. Mahamna, therefore she's believed. Elder Vyechna Damar Bemasayim Umana Vyechna says that it's 200 and 100. My Migu Eka, what's the Migu? So rather, it's on the fourth case. A man gets married to a woman who do not find for her signs of virginity. He marries me, and nasty. She says it happened after after they got the first stage of marriage. Sorry, man, it's your bad. No, it happened before we got married. We don't listen to her word. What's the migu? The migu because she could have said that was mukasets that it was a physical ailment that caused her, not not an act of intercourse. The lake apostle and Afshu Mikahuna and wouldn't even invalidate her to Kahuna. Okay, I'm nasty. And she says that she can't read the Kapasla and Mikahuna that would invalidate her to Kahuna. Shamaki Kama Rangamlil de Mahamna. And therefore, Rangamlil says that she is believed. Okay, I'm Rabishua, Rangamlil, Rabishua says Rangamlil. Baha'i Migu the Hacha, Medina Lacha, Bahu Migu the Hassam. With this Migu of here, he would be made to her in that Migu over there. Ligna Ilavach. So, like this. Mehti, come and see. Hi Migu, hi Migu. What are these two Migus? What are these? What are these uh, um, boosters? Boosters to her credibility. Maishna hi Migu, hi Migu. What's the difference between these two Migus? Over there, there's no shar shachal lefanacha. There's no dead animal in front of us. Over there, there's a dead animal in front of us. In other words, with dead animal in front of us, what we mean to say is, what we mean to say is that the the um, when the evidence is piling up in front of you, then the migu gets a lot weaker. When the evidence is not piled up in front of you and there's a lot that's unclear, then the woman has more credibility. The key the right, it's like this. What does this mean? The key the right, nashim, most women do get married while they're still a virgin. When witnesses don't come, I have a, what is the status? Most women get married when they are not never previously married. And some women, a small percentage of women get married when they've been previously married. Anybody who gets married to a woman who is a basula, there is a call, there is a rash that people find out about it. And this woman, since there was no, nobody no, nobody knew about it and there was no noise that she's getting married, it's not as much of a, not as much of a sign. And the fact that there wasn't noise that she got married, her right, her majority status the majority of women get married, they're actually first time getting married. Since there was no noise when she got married, it actually, as it indicates to us, that indeed she was not a basula when she got married. If that's true, that anybody gets married to a basula, to a first time marriage, then indeed there's a call, there's a noise, people are, no, oh, this guy's getting married. He also ate the Mayhave, when even when there are witnesses against it, who cares? The call should have established that she was a basula. Well, then the, her, the testimony against this point, they are false testimony. Most of the time when someone gets married to Basula, there is noise in the, in the room about it. There's noise in the Avir. People find out about it. And this woman, since there is no call, there is no noise, it, it weakens the rave.
If there are witnesses that she went out with Hinuma, maybe what'll happen is she brought out witnesses in one place and then she's gonna go bring out witnesses in a different Bezdin and then collect her Ksuba. Um, like this. We write a shaver for her about what her status is, and we're not worried that she's going to recollect with the Ksuba. Papa, I'm Rabbi Makam Shainkais from Ksuba asking, we're talking about a place where there is no Ksuba written. Back in the Master of Brisa, the other people say this about the Brisa. If the Ksubasa, it means Ksubasa, let's say she loses her Ksuba, let's say she hides her Ksuba, hit her Ksuba, she misses her Ksubasa, she burned her Ksuba, Raktulafanaha, Shakulafanaha, Evirulafanaha, Kaishal, the Sura, I Mapa Shal Basulam, Emiyeshla Eden, Bachanikal Eden, Ksubasa Messiah. If she lost the Ksuba, now she's getting divorced, and she wants to make the claim that she's owed 200, the husband says, no, no, it's only 100, and we don't have a Ksuba anymore. So if there are witnesses testifying that there are things that occurred at the time of her marriage that would indicate that she was a basula, that's sufficient testimony to require the husband grounds for 200. Maybe she'll bring witnesses in one bezdin and she'll go collect the ksuba in a different bezdin. Indeed, you see from here that Kaisen Shaver, you write a receipt to the man. So now the man has a receipt stating that he, he gave the woman a ksuba already. So she's not going to be able to double jeopardize, jeopardize him and take two, two collections. Papa, I remember Makam Shane Kaisen Ksuba asking, we're talking about a case where people don't like ksuba. But if the ksuba sakatani, what do you mean? You can't say we're talking about a place where people don't like ksubas because it actually says that she lost the ksuba. Losing the ksuba indicates that there was, there was a ksuba here. The the cost of law you that indeed he, he wrote one for her. So So maybe at the end of the day she'll take it out and she'll collect with it. And one second, my my if the if the bar. So what does it mean when it says that she lost it? It means that she lost it in the fire, and then she can't take it out in the future. So well, and that's the same case as actually burning it. And also if you hide it, then how does that help? And if you hide it, then maybe it could come back out again. But so if the why don't you even talk about a case where you lost it? Anytime it's lost, is the equivalent as if it's been hidden in front of us. And we don't give it to her until witnesses come and testify that her ksuba was burned. Anybody who says this about the Mishnah will certainly say this about, I'm sorry, about the Brisa will certainly say this about the Mishnah. The one who says it about the Mishnah, but in the Brisa, he wouldn't necessarily say it. Because there is this question of that the price doesn't work out as well, because why is it that we have to talk about these different cases? That she went out. We should be concerned that since her own reason to testify is that she brought witnesses, maybe she'll bring witnesses to more than one bezdin. And each bezdin that she goes to, she'll get the she'll get her 200 zils. Any place where there's no other choice and you don't have any any um any ksuba, then you have no choice but to allow that they should write a, a shaver, a receipt for the husband, so that he will never be able to, the woman won't be able to collect from him twice. Have you ever looked at Kaisha Basura? If they bring in front of the Kaisha Basura, what's a Kaisha Basura? So, like the Gemara, my Kaisha Basura, what is a Kaisha Basura? Basura means good tidings, right? They bring in front of her a, a cup of wine from Truma. They bring it in front of her. It's a way of saying that this woman is, had the status where she would have been able to eat from Truma at this time. So it's just like a, an interesting way to, to put it. It's like a way of symbolizing that she is a Kala Basulta, right? She's a Kala who is, is, never had relations with anybody in a sort of euphemistic type of way. 
Is that so that an amana does not get to eat chuma? Is that true? Rather, we don't mean to say that she's able to eat chuma. The reason why we put a cup of chuma in front of her is to say she is the first, the same way the chuma is the first. We pass a barrel of wine in front of her. We pass a barrel of wine in front of her. We pass in front of her a closed barrel of wine, sealed barrel of wine. But a woman who has already had relations, we pass in front of her an open barrel of wine. Why are you doing that? Why are you passing an open barrel of wine in front of the other one? Why don't you just only pass a barrel of wine in front of the basula and not in front of the baula? Sometimes she'll grab 200 from the husband. She'll seize you know, his property. And then she'll claim, oh, I was a basula the whole time. And that which they didn't bring a barrel of wine in front of me is Nusehu Desnisu. You're right. You remember they didn't bring a barrel of wine in front of me. That's because we just couldn't find the barrel of wine. But if you say that everybody has a barrel of wine brought in front of them, one open, one closed, then nobody will get confused. Very, very, very famous Gemara, right? In the song. How do we dance in front of the bride? Veshamai says, say the truth. You say the kala, sin. She might not be the most pretty, but if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. From my personal point of view, get an ugly girl to marry you. So therefore, therefore, that's why that's a nice way to you put in saying something nice about it. You're not lying. Vesel says, no, 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 that is not cool. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to say she is a, a bride who is beautiful and fitting and appropriate and wonderful, right? Now, is Basil saying that you should lie, right? So Taisa says, Taisa speaks this out. Basil not saying lie. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, let's say you find yourself in a circumstance where the woman has a very obvious issue. I don't know what the issue is. She's a very obvious issue. And like, you say she's got a chasud. That's not true. So you don't say anything then, right? But you don't try to, you don't try to ever say, here's the reality. Right? And we'll see why that is so. You do what you do at Aspen. You play up the good parts. That's always a good idea. Yeah, playing up the good parts is always good. Even even Sham, I would say you could do that. The question is, is there any sort of room for exaggerations? And a woman who is blind. You're going to say she's a kalan of a chasuda? You're not allowed to tell a lie. And you're telling a lie. She's not a kalan of a chasuda. According to your words. Somebody made a purchase. And there's no Amazon. And, and you can't return it after you purchased it, right? So what do you tell them? You tell them it's a bad purchase. I could have gotten it for you way better, right? Or you tell them not a great purchase. too late, right? You tell them a great purchase. You don't want to make them feel bad. So Beishamah says, of course, you should praise him. A person's mind should always be mi'urevas and mabrias. It should be, you know, um, mixed together with the people. In other words, you should be a, a man of the people, so to speak. This is what you should sing in front of her. Right, the, you don't do any of these adornments, and still she will come up the alaschein. Still she will come up beautiful. This is what they would sing. Right. 
tur misen. Ravoki havi asi misifta le bekesar nafku imasa the bekesar lape. The mother of the the house of the kesar she comes lape in, in front of him. Umashvin le hachi. Rava the ame umid o me davrana to umse vaitzina dinahira berich masya achle shalim. Amr alava Rabbi Yehuda bar Eloi. He took a bad shal hadas. He took some myrtle branches and he danced in front of the kala. But he made kala no the chasuda. Rav Shmuel bar Rav Yitzchak merakid at flas. He would dance on three. I'm Rav Zera. Come mixef lan saba. You're embarrassing. Kinach nafshei ifsek amude denura bein diday lekule alma. The gemiri the loy afsek amude denura ella ilachad bedara ilachre bedara. So basically, he danced in ways that were almost like humiliating for a great Torah scholar. And uh, some of the other rabbis were saying, "This is not respectful to, to our our um, umnis, to our business. You're you're humiliating yourself, right?" And when he died, there was these great great um, walls of fire, great pillars of fire came out to symbolize that this was an incredibly righteous man, right? And who about whom do we have a very similar story? Of course, we have a very similar story with David. David becomes the king, right? And David is the son-in-law of Shaul. And Shaul carried himself with a certain dignity, a certain very dignified way of living. And David Amalek's wife is Michal, the daughter of Shaul. And David Amalek is dancing in front of the base, in front of the Aaron Kodesh when they bring back the Aaron Kodesh, and he uncovers his legs to a certain way that's considered immodest. And so his his uh, his wife Michal says, "What are you doing? This is not the way for a king to dance." And David Amalek says, "You missed the boat. The purpose of a king, maybe me, unlike your father, I realize the purpose of a king is only to serve Hashem." And therefore, if a king can humiliate himself in front of Hashem, and that's the greatest honor to his kingship, because it's a recognition of what the purpose of a king is. And so too, your father did not realize that, and that's why he did not end up having a long kingship, because he didn't realize that it's all about listening to Hashem. And so too, when it comes to mitzvahs, when it comes to a mitzvah like dancing in front of a kala, you go all out, and you, you do things that are, are could be one beneath beneath our station, but even that you do so as to honor and to make happy the chassan and the kala. And on that happy note, we will finish the learning for tonight. I leave the rest of this Ahmed a lot, I guess, for tomorrow. Okay. Take care, guys. Be well. Have a good job.